Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev Pete. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Ready to Mosh. Hello. Hello. Before we get into this week's episode, quick disclaimer that it's another disjointed yeah, one again. Yeah, broken one. Yeah, so we recorded the main section, which is the Avatar review, on Monday, which was two days ago, straight after. Yeah. <laughs> and we're now recording the rest of the episode today, because this is the only chance we've got this week to record. And we were at Gajira last night and didn't get home till after midnight, so we're all very discombobulated. Very, very tired. Yeah, so... Fueled by caffeine. It's also later than we'd normally record. So, yeah. wish us luck. Off we go with the news. Okay, Guns N' Roses have confirmed their world tour. And I say that in the loosest of terms because they've announced Glasgow on the 27th and Hyde Park on the 30th mm. of June. And they're in Norway on the 21st. So, it looks like Duff was probably telling the truth about Glastonbury. Mm. So, I'll see them. It'll be a random thing to make up if they weren't. No, but you do get bands that say things and it's either kind of taken out of context or, I mean, they don't even know what they're doing half the time, do they? So mm. So speaking of Norway, that brings me on to some of the additions to the Tons of Rock Festival lineup mm-hmm. being held in Oslo, Norway, which includes Guns N' Roses, obviously, yep. as you mentioned. So this one's running from the... 21st of June through to the 24th, so it's a Wednesday to Saturday festival. Yeah. Same time as your Glastonbury. Some of these were already announced anyway, but it's looking pretty good. It was looking good before, but in terms of headliners now, you've got kind of Guns N' Roses on the Wednesday, Generation Sex, I think it is. I'm not familiar with it, but then Skid Row and Airborne. Thursday, you've got Volbeat, Nightwish, Behemoth, Clutch Powerwolf. Friday, Ghost Pantera, Architects, Gajira. And the Saturday's got Iggy Pop, Cavellatac, In Flames, and Pucifer, and Ooh. loads of other bands as well. So that is looking very tempting for a that trip is to a Norway. Really good lineup, yeah. You thinking about going to Norway while I'm away? Maybe. Could well, be worse. I might investigate the flights. Mm. Another piece of news is that Fear Factory have announced their new vocalist, and as everybody expected, it's Milo Silvestro from Dead Channel. Former vocalist mm-hmm. there, and he's uh, now with Fear Factory. They are doing it, I think, is it a 25-year anniversary? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So he'll be on that, and that'll be interesting to see kind of how that works, yeah. see what the dynamics like. Um, I've got another couple of festival bits and bobs. So Mangata Festival have just announced their after-party kind of thing after the main event at Rescue Rooms in Nottingham. So the after party is at the Tap and Tumbler in Nottingham. And they've got four bands on at the moment announced for that, which are 100 Year Old Man, Master Charger, Cottonmouth, who were our recommendation last week. Yep. And Confide. And it says plus more to be announced. So that's good. And that part of the festival is free entry because it's always free entry at the tap for yep. music on a Saturday. So... That'll Which I think is great. I, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah, definitely. So that'll be a good follow-on after the main event taking place all day in July. Mm. And we've had the first withdrawal from the download lineup, following on from the most recent announcement, and that is Seether 
I don't think there's any, been any kind of announcement to such, but people have noticed they weren't on the last announcement and it has been confirmed that they won't be appearing at Download now. I'm assuming it's because they're going to be supporting Hollywood Vampires on their tour dates around June, July time. So Was, was the Hollywood Vampires tour a rescheduled one? No, they did have one for, was it last year or the year before? I think they rescheduled one and then they cancelled it. So this is basically a brand new tour yeah. that they're doing now. Yeah, we'll see they're probably going to make more money from that than they would do in one festival. I would imagine so, yeah. But it's it's kind of a, it's a bit of a dangerous one if you start mm. pulling out festivals, especially this close now. You know, it's only 15 weeks, and I know Download won't have a problem getting another band to replace mm. them, but it's a little bit shitty. I know you mean. I mean, I'm fine with it because I'm going to see Hollywood Vampires, so yeah. I'm going to see them anyway. Um, but yeah, hopefully we won't have many more withdrawals this year, though. Yeah, I hope not. My last piece of news is about the Architects, and... They were playing in Adelaide, and I'm going to use the term fan in very loose terms. Uh, fan rushed the stage, screamed a load of shit into the mic, and tried to attack Josh on guitar. And it's, it seems to be a common thing with Architects. They're always getting this kind of stuff. Yeah, we mentioned it ages ago when they released the album, and loads of fans were giving them shit on Twitter, weren't they, yeah. about it? I and say loads, some. Some, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, there's no place for any of this. And I mean, where the fuck was security? Well, yeah, that was my first thought, actually. How, how did someone get on stage? Yeah. Can you imagine being or even trying to do that at, say, Rock City? You'd make it halfway over the barrier and then you'd just get grabbed mm. by God knows how many security guys they've got working down the front. You wouldn't get anywhere near the stage. Yeah, I think I think questions need to be asked there. Yeah. it's not like they're a small band. Although maybe it's a security thing in other countries because there was that thing a few weeks ago, wasn't there? I can't remember... Who it was. There was a band on stage and the band ended up telling the security how to do their job. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who it was. Part of me wants to say Trivium, but I don't know if it was. Yeah. My last item then relates to Malevolence, who are currently on tour in Europe with Trivium. They had their first merch bootleggers at their show in Milan a few days ago. They rocked up and parked right outside their tour bus and set up a little stall with fake merch on it. So Malevolence tweeted... With it, we've made it, officially made it. We've finally got bootleggers. <laughs> but what they have now done is they have replicated the bootleggers merch designs mm. and are selling them themselves now. They've had a print done really quickly. I think they're online for the same price as the bootleggers. So if you want <laughs> that fake looking malevolence t shirt, you can buy it, but the band get the money for it. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is a great idea. Genius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that is the end of the news. Right, we're briefly going to mention the new album from Avatar, which is called Dance Devil Dance, and we're not going to give it a full-on review. We've both listened to it, we both love it. Well, I think we both love it. We do both love it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we're not going to go too much into it, because we've obviously got the uh, Avatar review of the uh, gig uh, later in the episode, so... And we've also got another album to review in and, full as yeah, well. Yeah, and we've got another album to review in full, so we yeah. didn't want to make it too heavy on that side. I mean, you can never have too much Avatar, but, you know, we appreciate not everyone may be an Avatar fan and wants to hear a whole episode about them. No. So. But, yeah, I I really like the album. There's some amazing tracks on there. They've mm. made a really good pick on the singles as well. Yeah, when we reviewed the singles, well, when they came out, a couple of them at least we've mentioned, haven't we? We were hoping that the rest of the album followed suit, and I would say it did. Yeah, I think so. It's really consistent. Probably the best album they've done so far, I think. Yeah. it's uh, It's got... It's got a lot of standout tracks on it that just kind of really make you want to 
keep listening to the album. Yeah, in addition to the singles. Yeah, in addition so. to the singles. Mm. Uh, God of Wanna Riot, for instance, is my personal favourite. Yeah, that's the one with, it's almost Beach Boys-like, Beach Boys isn't it? Intro, with the harmonies yeah. intro. That's very different, but it works. Yeah, he's, I, I, that's my favourite on the album. It's really great. Yeah, I mean, I love Dance Devil Dance, the title track. The Dirt I'm Buried In is amazing. That is, yeah. I can't stop walking around whistling that. Yeah, once it's in your head, it's there. Violence No Matter What, which is the duet with Lizzie Hale, that's the final track on the album, which is also yeah, a single. Yeah, really good, yeah. Which is a bit unusual to have a single last, but again, it was a really strong finish for it. Chimp Mosh Pit. Yeah, you love that, don't you? Just, just the title. <laughs> which, yeah, that's great. I mean, all of it is... Amazing. What are you going to give it out of 10? It's got an 8 from me. 9 from me. Oh. So the main review that we've got this week now then is Those Damn Crows, Inhale, Exhale, which is the third album from them. Yeah, and um, I really like this one. It's, it's been good to have kind of more than one album to listen to that I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Such a short space of time. I know, I feel a bit spoiled this week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ten tracks. Five of them have been released as singles already. Yeah, they've gone very single heavy on this one. I feel like a lot of bands are doing that now, though. When I think we mentioned it the other week. I can't remember who we said. But yeah, I think it's... Just it's starting to become the a theme now, yeah. People, you know, I think it's just kind of building momentum towards a new album releases. It gets them more streams or more purchases, depending yeah, on Yeah, I suppose music. people don't necessarily have the attention span for an album. You know, the, the, the way music's listened to now is very different to what it was kind of like mm. 25 years ago. Yeah. and it's Or even like, 10 yeah. years ago. So it's not like you have to nip to Wolves and buy a single and want to really want that song. It's, yeah. it's like your fingertips, isn't it? So I think, yeah... At first, I wasn't quite sure why people were doing that, but I think it does make sense when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, commercially, it's more viable, yeah. I suppose. Mm. Uh, first track, then, Fill the Void, is a fast-paced opener. Yeah. Really good, solid track. Kind of classic rock stroke, those mm. damn crows sound, and yeah, it's really good opener. Yeah, really fast. I thought quite a chaotic start, but in a good way. And yeah, just fast and punchy and really sets the album up yeah. straight away. Next track is Takedown. I thought this had a kind of a slower, angrier sort of feel to it to the start. Yeah, I thought it was slower paced, but it's still melodic and powerful. Yeah, it's got quite an uplifting chorus, and you know it's going to be like a festival anthem. Yeah, I think that's a running theme, a running theme throughout the album. It, it is for for these guys that they're, they're very good at mm. doing that kind of thing. Yeah, Man on Fire track three. This one was also a single, and again, it's picking up the pace with this one. It's got some really fast riffs and vocals, and we've also got some synths introduced to this and a big fat single on chorus. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got very similar to you um, about it being single release last year. It's one of my favourites. It's got that 80s synth on it and another great sing-along. So it's like pretty much identical to what you've yeah. got there. And then track four, Wake Up Sleepwalker. This was the first single that they released off the album. Yeah, it's another single we've spoken mm. about before. And yeah, again, it's another kind of quite a powerful anthem. Mm. And it's one of my favourites, I think, off the album, this. Yeah, I really like this one. I think when we reviewed it as a single, we said that they're starting to get that kind of bigger sound the way that they yeah. evolved didn't we and that really comes through on this one kind of a slow build but it's got that anthemic anthemic chorus anthemic anthemic <laughs> yeah that's the one some really epic big drums coming through it as well and yeah and the message behind it as well i think that's i think the thing about it as well most of the tracks are really kind of radio rock sing-along anthems but a lot of them have got quite Poignant lyrics, they're not just yeah. fluff that they're thinking about. No, no. A lot of them have got a kind of like personal undertones yeah, to them as well. That's so. what I mean. uh, track five, This Time I'm Ready. 
slower paced, kind of melancholy track. Uh, I think we've spoken about it before, being kind of quite a lighter in the air sort of song. Yeah, definitely. A sing-along one mid-set. Everyone's got their, well, their phones lit up rather than a lighter. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I think the vocals on this are amazing and the piano in it is really good. And Mm -hmm. it's got a really good video as well, hasn't it? Very moving video. Uh, Track six, I Am. It's For me, it's an enjoyable track, but it's my least favourite. And it's not slight against the track. It's just that the other ones, I think, are just stronger. And it's not that it's a particularly bad song. I think mm. the other ones are just yeah, just more powerful. Yeah, I think this one and another one and a bit later on, probably least favourites. But like you say, it's not that it's a bad song. There's just others that I prefer. I mean, it's still got all the other elements that the album has, really, hasn't it? Like yeah. the big chorus and some strong drums again. And Yeah, it seems a little bit darker mm. than the other stuff. And it's a lot quicker than uh, the last track as well. Yeah, it's starting to pick up the pace again after the more kind of ballady pace of the last one. Yeah. Number seven, See You Again. This is one of my other favourite ones. This is such a, a summery sing-along song. Okay. Yeah. Again, this picks up the pace mm. even more. And yeah, it's got a, I've wrote catchy chorus and it's going to be a gig favourite this. Yeah, definitely a gig favourite. Um, remind me a bit more of kind of first album Crow as well. Yes. I put old crowy. Old crowy. <laughs> it's a bit old crowy. <laughs> but yeah, definitely singing along to this one when the sun's out. Yeah. You can imagine it, can't you? Track eight, Lay It All On Me. It's another slow track, uh, but it's got a really cool bass line going through it. Yeah, I made a note of that. So it's kind of slower and heavier, dirgier on the guitars. Yeah, I, I think it sounds more, I suppose, technically accomplished on this one than the mm. other stuff. There's, I think there's more stuff going on in it. Yeah. Kind of, that's how it, it sounds anyway to me. Yeah, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, you've just described it better than I would. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, Find A Way. Yeah, again, this is another. This is the other weaker track on mm. the album for me. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. But again, it, you know, that's based on the strength of the other tracks on there. Mm. It's, it's, again, it's not a particularly bad song. You know, it's a good song, but mm. it, I think the others are just stronger. Yeah, I think it's still very catchy. It's quite heavy and... Chugging. Um, mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of 90s rock. Yes. Kind of. Radio. Yeah, a bit like kind of. 90s Bon Jovi, that kind yeah. of these days era. Mm. Which is possibly yeah. one of the reasons I'm not yeah, struck on this one. that would make sense, but it wouldn't make yeah. sense why I'm not struck on it. Yeah. But yeah, that was the kind of musically what it reminded me of. Mm. And track 10, Waiting For Me. This is my favourite track of the album. Is it? Yeah, I love this track. Mm. I think it's a perfect end to the album. Yeah. It's got some really good use of piano, which yeah. is, which was not it's not prevalent through this album. You know, they've no. done quite a lot of piano stuff before, and it's not on a lot of this. No, it's a couple of tracks, but yeah, it's really noticeable on this one in particular, as well as This Time I'm Ready. Yeah, and it's got a really cool mm. bass line running through it again. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think this is the perfect track to finish on. I think... That, Picking this as the end was a masterpiece. Mm, I think so as well. It's kind of, it's slower, but it's kind of just slowing the pace down to a nice finish. Yeah. A strong finish. It's not kind of dwindling away. It doesn't away. peter out, does it? Yeah. It just, it, it finishes how you want it to finish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah overall, um, I just thought it was, like we said with the singles, like we said, you know, they're, they're building their sound, they're picking up, and they're definitely going towards a more arena, arena? Arena. <laughs> arena. Arena, stadium rock sound. And yeah, they're, they're definitely achieving it. And I think... The albums are getting stronger and stronger mm, as well. Yeah, and I think just the fan base is growing and growing, isn't it? And 
you know, and it the, spans different decades. So, yeah. You know, like age groups, mm. they they manage to kind of capture a big, a wide range. Yeah, yeah, they're just going to get bigger and bigger as they go on, aren't they? Yeah, you can just see it happening. Out of ten, nine. I've gone eight. Oh, so we've gone the reverse of Avatar. We have, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, for me it was no f- all killer, no filler. Yeah. I've said that the right way around. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. Yeah, not really a lot else we can say about it. It's a great album. Go and listen to it if you haven't. Right, our main event this week then is a review of the gig we went to last night, in real terms. Sunday night. Sunday night. Yes, it was. Avatar supported by Vale of Mayor and Mastiff at Rock City in Nottingham. So ears still ringing. Here we go with what we thought of it. Yeah. First up were Mastiff, in their own words, a miserable band from a miserable city. They were our recommendation of the week a few weeks ago now. So this was our first chance to see them live and they did not disappoint. No, they didn't. They were very, well, very, very loud. Very, very loud, yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoyed them. Um, Full-on audible assault, I think. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Really heavy mix of kind of slow chuggy riffs, really fast, thrashy short songs, aggressive, sludgy, brutal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good set. I I didn't realise, I suppose with both of the support bands last night, just how long they'd actually get. Yeah, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Because it was a Sunday night and so curfew was later, but the doors were still opening. Rough, well, it was supposed to be 6.30, it was actually 6.45 in the end, but... Yeah. So yeah, it was a bit hard to judge, and we didn't have set lists in advance or set times in advance, so we weren't quite sure. Exactly but with it being the later curfew, they were, they both had good slots. So Mastiff, I think they had about twenty five minutes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it twenty five thirty minutes. Did nine tracks in that time. Yeah, so that gives you an idea of the pace that they go at. Yeah, and I think majority of those were from their most recent release, um, "Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth," which yeah. obviously we'd expect them. Yeah, to. yeah, they they kind of got to promote that. That's the latest offering. Yeah, not quite sure what the rest of the crowd were thinking of them. Yeah, they weren't, I suppose, uh, an obvious choice no, to support Avatar. Um, one thing I was going to say, actually, it reminded me a little bit of the last gig we went to, actually, Volby, Skindred, Napalm Death. Yeah, you've got... Three very different types, and it was a similar opener, I guess, to Napalm Death. Yeah, you've got three, like you yeah. say, very different styles of music. Yeah, a very vicious assault to start with, same as we had with um, Volby, I guess. Yeah, very yeah, very similar style. And yeah, I would say it's very different to Avatar. So when they asked if anyone in the crowd had heard of them before, I think that I whooped, but and a few other people did, but definitely yeah, a few people did. definitely a minority. And yeah, they tried to get some engagement from the crowd towards the end. Last song, they tried to get a pit going. I think they got about four people. Yeah, by they, the end. So the biggest cheer they actually got was when they shouted "fuck the Tories." Yeah, they did. So, but no, I, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely watch them again. Well, we are watching them again at Mangara, aren't we? Mangara, so, yeah. yeah, we were impressed by them. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. And that moved us on to uh, the next support band, which was Vale of Mayor, mm. who I really liked. And they got a, yeah, got a very metalcore sound. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, I like you say, very different style to what was before and what came after. Mm. But it, I don't know. It just, I really enjoyed the stuff. So it's good. It's good to kind of see a mix of mm. different sort of genre. 
in one gig, if you know what I mean. Yeah, which is what we said about the uh, the Volbeat one, didn't we? Yeah. With the different genres. Yeah, I'd listened to a tiny bit of them a few weeks ago when I was just looking them up, but I'd not really had a lot of chance to listen to them properly, so I wasn't overly familiar with any. There was a couple that I recognised, but I wasn't really familiar with. The yeah, start. there was one or two tracks in particular I really liked. I think um, one was Whistleblower. Mm. And I think the other one might have been Godhead. Yeah. They were they kind of stood out as really good tracks for me. Mm, it's weird because they've been around quite a while and we've not come across them at all before. So Yeah, it's unusual. Yeah. They seem to have quite a big following in the crowd, I would say. Yeah. There were, there were definitely some people there mm. specifically to watch Velomea, So Really got the crowd engaged. A lot of requests for jumping. Yeah. Which um, we declined. <laughs> well, it's a bit difficult mm. on a balcony. Well, yeah, I did have a little bounce. Very minimalistic stage setup, I thought. Yeah. But it worked well, and they'd obviously got kind of the electronics pre-programmed, so there was just yeah, it, room it was for the band like on stage. But yeah. yeah, and vocalist, I thought it was really good. The clean vocals were incredible, excellent. weren't they? Yeah, yeah, really good. Really impressed by those. So yeah, I'd definitely watch them again at probably a festival if they were anywhere yeah, where I'd, we I'd are. Yeah, like I'd like to see them mm. live again. Yeah. And then onto the uh, the headline act, the main event indeed. Yes, Avatar, which we've both seen before at a festival, but never at their own show. Yeah, I've seen them at Download and Bloodstock. Yeah, you saw some of them at Bloodstock. Some of them at Bloodstock. And yeah, I think I saw the full set at Bloodstock. Yeah, and after you watched the full set, you want you really wanted to see them again, didn't you? Yeah, well, that would have done anyway. But yeah, and yeah, they they did not disappoint. Oh no. Some of the some of the best theatrics I've seen on. I remember saying to you when I came out, some yeah. of the best theatrics I've seen at Rock City ever. Yeah, because it's not generally a stage that I'd imagine sees a lot of theatrics. Really, obviously size wise and the bands you tend to get, but they made good use of the stage that they had. Yeah, the, or the room that they had. Yeah, the whole the, and the space and yeah. on stage. It, it wasn't just a, a normal setup. They got the kind of um, boxes that they come from behind and. Yeah, kind of cages, weren't they? What did make me laugh, this is completely irrelevant really, but um, it was quite a caged cupboard kind of thing, yeah. wasn't it? Which reminds me of our living room furniture, which came from Ikea. And I just thought, oh, is it an Ikea stage set <laughs> <laughs> Being Swedish and all that. But but yeah, it looked really cool, almost like um, a cuckoo clock effect coming out of the cupboards, that I kind suppose, of. yeah. Yeah, th- there, was some, there were a few treats in there as well with kind of some of the stuff that they were doing. There was... The uh, parcel that was wrapped. A birthday parcel. Birthday parcel that was wrapped and uh, brought out by the stage gimp. Yes, the stage. we have to mention the stage gimp. Yep. Never seen one of those before. Yeah, so they've got their own stage gimp and the stage gimp brought out this uh, parcel, put it in the middle of the stage and took the lid off. And then three balloons started to come out, followed by um, Johannes just kind of getting out of the box. Yeah. But it was a, a great visual effect and I've never... Yeah. Like, I can't believe nobody's ever thought of doing something like that. I know. Well, maybe they have, but we've never seen it. Yeah. Um, and then partway through, it was on Puppet Show, wasn't it? Um, Johannes disappeared and then saw him running through the crowd. And then he appeared in the DJ box, which is kind of above to the left-hand side of the stage. Yeah. Appeared up there, proceeded to make a, um, a balloon dog. Is that the right word? <laughs> a balloon dog. He made a dog out of a balloon. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, a dog balloon, a balloon dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, floated it down to the crowd and then got got out his trombone. <laughs> yeah, and that was a little bit insane. Uh, I'd gone for a cigarette 
and I was stood in the smoking area at Rock City, which is kind of like to the left, back left of the stage, a big open courtyard. And normally they've got two big double doors that's always fenced off because it's a, basically it's like an emergency exit. And I was stood there and the doors were open. I thought, that's weird. And the security guard kind of on the door. So I thought, yeah, that's really odd. I've never seen that before. And kind of 20 seconds later, Johannes came just flying, just running past me like, what the fuck is going on here? This is, I don't get this, what's happening? So then I finished, came inside, and he was in the bit you're talking about. Yeah. And he he was literally kind of above me. He did his little trombone section and then uh, disappeared and came and ran back past me again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, kind of slap, slapping everybody's hands as he mm-hmm. as he ran through. Very, very clammy hands, I'll, I'd imagine. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, it was, well, so that was a bit bizarre. Uh, I just genuinely didn't expect to see him just flying past me. Well, you wouldn't. I mean, you know, the, kind of the stage lights had gone down and we didn't know what was going on. And then you saw him run through. I think he was actually being pulled through by security to get him through the crowd. So they'd obviously got a route planned yeah. up the stairs into the box. Well, that, yeah. yeah, that was mental. Other little treats we got included um, a piano appearing on stage. Yeah. That was for um, Tower. And, and then a second drum kit popped up on stage as well. It did, yeah. For kind of the... End of the the main section. Yeah, which I don't think I've ever seen at Rock City either. I'm not sure. I thought there was something recently like that. Oh, it was two drum kits. Yeah, might been Cradle. Maybe I'm not sure. Mm. There were a few bits of pyro as well, and some confetti cannons, which always a treat. Yeah, those confetti cannons have looked lethal. They did actually. The ones they were, the, they were sort of, were they fired from like a shotgun. It looked like it actually. The ones at the towards the very end were obviously the usual parked on the stage. Yeah. Ones, but yeah, because I've never seen the confetti fired that far across. Yeah, it actually hit the balcony. Actually didn't hit it? the balcony. It yeah. had some force. I had a bit of a traumatic flashback to being threatened with a party popper as a child. <laughs> <laughs> but I was fine. Survived. Also had various costume changes. Yeah, a couple of little guitar battles between the guitarists. The words. Yeah, was fun. I think it was. I mean, I'm going to put it up there as being one of the best gigs I've seen at Rock City. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It would. It was yeah. just there was so much going on. And it wasn't just, here's the band, we turn up, we play, we go. Which we knew they wouldn't do anyway. Yeah, you know, there's a hell of a lot of crowd interaction. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was really, really cool. Set list wise, most of the set list came from the new album. The new album, yeah. I think about, was it about five or six tracks from Five that? tracks, five. I think, from the new one. Which great, they opened to Dance Devil Dance. Yeah, there was four tracks from Hail the Apocalypse. And then a few less tracks from some of the other stuff that they've done. Yeah, but it was a good mix overall. Yeah, I thought it was a nice, but it, mm. I thought it was a good mix of kind of old and new. Yeah. Which some bands kind of struggle with when they've got a new album to promote, but Avatar didn't. Yeah, they didn't play my two favourite songs, which I was a bit sad about. <laughs> Paint Me Red and Secret Door, but they did play them at Bloodstock last year, so I kind of got over it. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> Let them off. I'll be honest, I was really impressed to hear The Dirt I'm Buried In. Yeah. So that sounds even better live. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, and obviously smells like a freak show. That's Love always that, yeah. amazing, live, isn't it? Of the newer tracks, Chimp Mosh Pit. Yeah, Chimp Mosh Pit made an appearance. <laughs> Which just the title of that one. Yeah, I was <laughs> pleased awesome. to see a statue of the king as well. Yeah, actually, that was good when they came out for the. Oh, it was just before the encore, it was just wasn't it? Just before the encore, yeah. Yeah, obviously, Let It Burn is always a good one as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the statue of the king, I remember them doing that download, and that's when mm. they're on the plinths, so just yeah. like stupidly high. 
Uh, but yeah, it was good to see that again. Colossus as well, all the yeah. Colossus. Yeah, it's a really good chuggy interactive one, isn't it? Yeah. Bloody Angel, that was a highlight for me. I mm. love that song, so that was really good to see live. Yeah, but it, it was... Um, it's one of the best gigs I think I've seen at Roxy. Mm. It's definitely up there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I am. I'm excited already. Yeah, not long. About 15 weeks. 15 weeks or so. Yeah. Thereabout. Yeah, it was a long set as well. It was, yeah. So it was 18 tracks in total. Yeah, and I think they're on stage about an hour and 40. 40. Yeah. So yeah. definitely got your money's worth. Yeah, on top mm. of that with with the support bands as well. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was a hell of a... Hell of a night. Really, mm. really enjoyed it. Yeah, and worth waiting for because this was, we've probably already said it, but postponed from January last year. Yeah, rescheduled. Yeah. I think, it was it rescheduled before or was it just the once, this one? Just the once. Just the once. But I think it was a quite short notice. It was one of those where you knew it was coming because everything was getting cancelled at that time. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely dead worth the wait. And I think that was kind of reflected in, in the doors as well because when we got there, we were very far up the street yeah in the queue and um, we were there very early we were there for about six weren't we yeah to be fair the queue was quite spread out and i think they must have shuffled people down because they could see it was growing around the corner already yeah so they shoveled people down but yeah it was late opening for whatever reason which happens sometimes doesn't it so yeah and uh got a really cool merch t-shirt and patch to go on my jacket yeah yeah they had quite a good selection of merch yeah, I did want to check some of the other merch out from uh, Mastiff and... Vale of Mayor. Vale of Mayor, but early start this morning, so we, we had to get back. It was a late finish. And just yeah, really we didn't had have to just time. kind of shuffle our way out at the end, unfortunately. But yeah, so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll have a look online at yeah. that stuff. Mm. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyable gig. Absolutely, yeah. First one of the year. Mm. Great start. <laughs> Definitely. Right, recommendation time. And this week, our recommendation is King Abyss. And they are a five-piece from Staffordshire. They had a single called Snake Oil released in January 23. And the latest single, Eyes Always Watching, was released earlier this month. And their debut album is out on Friday. As we speak. So As we speak. So by the time, <laughs> yeah, So by the time you're listening to this, the album is out now on all the usual streaming platforms. So... Yeah. Definitely go give it a listen. And, yeah, if you're kind of like a fan of Creator and you like, you know, sort of like a heavy thrash, thrash metal, kind of like bordering on death metal sound. Yeah, I'd say that. It came, yeah, aggressive thrash. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the heavier end of thrash. Mm, yeah. Uh, bordering on death metal. If that's what you're into, you will absolutely love it. Yeah, they've got quite a few live dates coming up over the next few months. So a few of these that I've noted include they're doing a weekender in March with Imperium, who were a recommendation a few weeks ago, and Dog Tired. So that's the 3rd of March at the 229 in London, 4th of March at the Old Start in New Toxeter, and 5th at Legends in Edinburgh. They're going to be in the Stoke round of Metal to the Masses to try and get a place at Bloodstock this year on the 11th of March at the Underground in Stoke. And they're also going to be at the Manifest and Unearthed Music event at the Hairy Dog in Derby on the 1st of April. There's loads of bands playing that on that day. So they're the more recent dates that they've got coming up. And I think they've got a few others in June. So check them out on social media if you want to keep up with where they're going to be playing and you fancy going to give them a watch. 
Right, that's another episode done. So thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to give us a like, share, review on whatever streaming platform you're using. We are on Twitter and Instagram at ReadyToMoshCast. And we're also on Facebook, YouTube and TikTok at ReadyToMosh. So go check those out. Give us a follow. Tell us what you think to the episode. We've managed to stay awake for this one. We've we've done it. We've done it. And we'll be back next, next week, week. Episode 47. Hopefully feeling brighter and breezier. Make it sleep, Moog. <laughs>